0: Well, good morning and a very warm welcome to this online diocese-wide service. It's so wonderful that you've been able to join us. Wherever you're watching, whether you're sitting on the sofa or at the kitchen table with a cup of tea, you are very, very welcome. My name is Simon. I'm the minister of the Swanland Bar Group of Churches. And it's great to welcome you virtually uh, to Swanland Bar. I don't know about you, but the last few months have left me feeling a little bit confused. I I love to know what's happening in advance. I don't know about you. I love to plan in advance and have everything organised. Maybe you're not quite like me. But one of the things this pandemic has done for us is we don't really know what's happening the next day. We don't know what another day will bring. It's got a lot of confusion, hasn't it? Maybe you've had plans that you've had to cancel. Maybe there's trips to see loved ones that have just disappeared into nothing. Well, as we gather together this morning, we gather to remind ourselves of the things that are certain, the things that offer us certain hope in the midst of uncertain times. And as we begin, let me read some words from the book of Lamentations that reminds us of that wonderful certainty. At God's people, as this book has written, were sitting in the ruins of Jerusalem, and here's where they found hope. Let me read. Lamentations 3, verse 22. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. If we are in Christ, we can know that his steadfast love towards us is sure and certain. Whatever a new day brings, It always brings fresh mercies from him. His mercies are new every morning. And that gives us hope, does it not? Hope in the midst of uncertain times. Let me pray for us now as we begin our time together. Our loving Heavenly Father, we thank you that your steadfast love never ceases, that your mercies never come to an end. Thank you this morning as we gather together that we can know that in Christ, your mercies are new every morning. Father, we praise you for your faithfulness. And we pray that as we gather this morning in our homes, wherever we're watching, that we would take comfort, that we would stand with hope in your steadfast love and in your mercy, which is new every morning. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, one of the places, in fact, the place where we see the steadfast love of the Lord displayed most clearly, displayed in all its dazzling glory, is at the cross of Christ. And our first song this morning takes us to the cross of Christ and reminds us how marvellous, how wonderful is the love of Christ. Let's stand wherever we are and sing, I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus of Nazareth.
1: I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the. my will but tonight he shed both tears for his own griefs and sweat drops of blood for mine Angels beheld him and came from the world of light to comfort him in the song. My sins and my sorrows, he made them his very own. He bore the burden to Calvary and suffered and died alone. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall
0: the last few months have been an unsettling time for for all of us in different ways. One of the things this pandemic has done is to reveal to us that the things that we've trusted in for security, for our future, are not really all that secure. You see, we were made to look to the Lord alone for our security, to entrust ourselves to him alone for our future. Yet so often we look to other things. We look to the job, we look to the relationship, we look to the money, we look to our plans or our health for security, to give us a future. And so it's right now that as we gather, that we come before the Lord in sorrow, sorrow for treasuring other things above him and ask for his forgiveness. And the wonderful news of the Bible is that all who come to him in true repentance find forgiveness enjoy the warm sunshine of his never-ending mercy so let's be quiet for a moment an opportunity to reflect and to examine ourselves before the lord and then we'll join in together the words of the confession a moment of quiet well let's pray together beginning heavenly father Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault, by what we have done and by what we have failed to do, we are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past And grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen. Well, the wonderful news of the Bible is that God can and does forgive sin because of the cross of Christ. And so let me pray this prayer. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy on us. Pardon and deliver us from all our sins. Confirm and strengthen us in all goodness. And keep us in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, a forgiven people ought to be a joyful people. And so we're going to join in together in the words of the responses. that are on page 103 of the prayer book as we praise the Lord and rejoice in him and his salvation. Let's join in together. O oh Lord, open our lips and our mouth will proclaim your praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and shall be forever. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. We're going to continue to praise his name as Abigail first reads our psalm for us. And then we're going to go over to Ross Common where Ed is going to read our Bible reading.
2: Today's psalm is from Psalm 145 verses 8 to 15. That's Psalm 145 verses 8 to 15. Starting at verse 8. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love the Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made all your works shall give thanks to you O Lord and all your saints shall bless you they shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power To make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendour of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due seasons. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and shall be forever, world without end.
3: Hello, you're very welcome to Common Group, we're in Ballinlock. Uh, parish and we have a reading and also intercessions. So our reading is from Genesis uh, 24 and in it Abraham's uh, servant has been sent to get a wife for his son Isaac and here the servant recalls how he'd actually met the young lady to her own family. So we're beginning on verse uh, 34. So he said I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has greatly blessed my master, and he has become wealthy. He has given him flocks and herds, silver and gold, male and female slaves, camels and donkeys. And Sarah, my master's wife, bore a son to my master when she was old, and he has given him all that he has. My master made me swear, saying, You shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, in whose land I live, but you shall go to my father's house, to my kindred, and get a wife from my son. I came today to the spring and said, O Lord, the God of my master Abraham, if now you will only make successful the way I'm going. I'm standing here by the spring of water, Let the young woman who comes out to draw to whom i shall say please give me a little water for your jar to drink and who will say to me drink and i will draw for your camels also let her be the woman whom the lord has appointed for my master's son before i had finished speaking in my heart there was rebecca coming out with her water jar on her shoulder and she went down to the spring and drew I said to her, please let me drink. She quickly let down her water jar from her shoulder and said, drink, and I will also water your camels. So I drank, and she also watered the camels. Then I asked her, whose daughter are you? She said, the daughter of Betul, nay her son, whom Milcah bore to him. So I put the ring on her nose and the bracelets on her arms. Then I bowed my head and worshipped the Lord, and blessed the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who had led me by the right way to obtain the daughter of my master's kinsman for his son. Now then, if you will deal loyally and truly with my master, tell me, and if not, tell me, so that I may know I may turn either to the right hand or to the left. Then Laban and Bethuel answered, The thing comes from the Lord. We cannot speak to you anything bad or good. Look, Rebekah is before you, take her and go, and let her be the wife of your master's son, as the Lord has spoken. And they called Rebekah and said to her, Will you go with this man? She said, I will. So they sent away their sister Rebekah, and her nurse along with Abraham's servant and his men, and they blessed Rebekah and said to her, May you, our sister, become thousands of myriads. May your offspring gain possession of the gates of their foes. Then Rebekah and her maids rose up, mounted the camels, and followed the man. Thus the servant took Rebekah and went his way. Now Isaac had come from Leharoy, and was settled in the Geb. Isaac went out in the evening to walk in the field, and looking up, he saw the camels coming. Rebekah looked up. When she saw Isaac, she slipped quickly from the camel and said to the servant, Who is the man over there walking in the field to meet us? The servant said, It is my master. So she took her veil, covered herself, and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all the things he had done. Then Isaac brought her into her mother's, mother Sarah's tent. He took Rebekah, and she became his wife and he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Well, Ed, thank you very much for that. And we're gonna respond now to hearing God's word read by standing and declaring that we believe what it says. Can I encourage you wherever you are, whether you're sitting at the kitchen table or sitting on the sofa, to join with me in standing as we declare these precious truths together. And as we do this, we do not stand alone. We stand with brothers and sisters in Christ who all down through the centuries and all across the world have lived and died for these truths. And so we stand together with them as we declare what we believe. We say together, beginning, I believe. and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen. Well, in a moment, we're going to go across to the cathedral where Nigel is going to preach for us. But before we do that, we're going to sing again and praise God. Uh, Words of a wonderful hymn. We're called to join in with all of creation in praising him. So let's stand and stay standing wherever we are as we sing together all creatures of our God and King. Let's sing.
4: of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. From Genesis, chapter 24, verse 57 and 58. Then her family said, let's call the girl and ask her about this matter. So they called Rebecca and asked her, will you go with this man? I will go. She said. The Old Testament reading appointed for today the fourth Sunday after Trinity is from Genesis chapter 24 and it's the story of a wedding. Now this is the time of year when traditionally we have had wedding season. This year of course has proven very different with the Covid-19 emergency and although a few weddings planned for this year have gone ahead most couples who have been planning their big day have chosen to postpone their celebrations until later in the year or even until next year it's a very understandable thing to do given our current uncertain circumstances but this story in genesis chapter 24 is all about a wedding which went ahead in fact it took place at least three and a half if not four thousand years ago It's the story of Abraham and his desire to find a wife for his beloved son, Isaac. Now, I have to say right at the outset that this story ends in success when Rebecca becomes Isaac's bride. Isaac, we are told at the end of the story, brings her into the tent of his mother, marries her, and so she becomes his wife and he loves her. Now, Genesis chapter 24 is a beautiful and charming story. It's wonderfully written and captivating. But it is very different in tone to what comes before in Genesis and what comes after. So different in fact that it would be very easy to simply gloss over the story. Many biblical commentaries do exactly that. It is, they tell us, simply a story told to emphasise the separateness of Abraham's descendants and bloodline. Isaac must find a wife not among the local Canaanite women but a wife fetched from Abraham's homeland and family. Other commentaries say that it is a passage that has been put into the Genesis story as a bridge, as a linking passage. It's therefore only a literary device linking the sagas of Abraham and the sagas of Jacob, though Isaac is one of the three patriarchs, he is a bit unremarkable. He is dwarfed by his formidable father Abraham, who goes before, and overshadowed by his brilliant but devious son Jacob, who comes after. And this story of Isaac and his bride Rebekah, therefore they tell us, simply serves as the final story in the life of Abraham and sets the scene the start of the life of jacob and it would be easy to go along with this point of view to write off the story of genesis chapter 24 as relatively unimportant as simply a romantic interlude an idyll if you like in what is the real story of uh, the middle part of genesis that is the story of the patriarchs and of course we must always be careful In approaching any passage in the bible in such a cavalier fashion taking a pen knife to the scriptures that is cutting out and ignoring those parts of the bible that we find unimportant irrelevant or inconvenient is one of the oldest forms of heresy and indeed we are specifically reminded in chapter 15 of paul's epistle to the romans that everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. And in reality, it doesn't take much reading into Genesis chapter 24 to find much of the greatest significance. Shortly after the death of his wife Sarah, Abraham is moved to give some thought to his son Isaac's future. He is, of course, concerned that his son should find a wife among his own people. So he calls his chief or his oldest servant to him and charges him with the task of returning to his own people and finding there a bride for Isaac. It is no easy task with which the servant has been charged, but the faithful servant does as his master asks and journeys to the town of Nahor in northwestern Mesopotamia. When he gets there, he prays for success. And no sooner have the words of his prayer left his lips than he meets exactly the right girl, in the right place, at the right time, in the right circumstances, the girl, Rebecca. Overjoyed with thanksgiving to the God who has so provided, he meets the girl's family, finds them to be indeed related to Abraham, and tells them of his mission. They agree to the marriage. And he returns with Rebecca, and brings that girl to Isaac, who promptly marries her. It's a wonderful story. And there are so many levels within it which are significant and important. Abraham, of course, first of all. Abraham has lived his life by faith. And in this important matter of his son's future wife, he once again demonstrates his faithfulness and trust in God. Or Abraham's servant. The obedience and reliability and faithfulness of Abraham's servant in the face of an almost impossible task is exemplary for those of us who are tasked with mission in God's kingdom and that is of course all of those of us who have been baptized. Incidentally, Jewish scholars in the Talmud identify this oldest or chief servant as that Eleazar of Damascus who's named in Genesis chapter 15 as the one who stood to be Abraham's heir before Isaac came on the scene. Then there is Isaac himself, in his late thirties, unmarried. But he seems to be a man of quiet and unassuming but profound trust in God. Indeed, again, Jewish scholars suggest that when he meets his wife for the first time, it is as he is going out to say, Minshach. His afternoon prayers before God. He is a man of devotion and trust. And of course, running all the way through the story from start to finish, we see the hand of God Himself at work at every point of the story. God has a plan for Abraham and his descendants. God has made a promise to Abraham that Abraham will be the father of many nations. his descendants will be as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore that in him will all the peoples of the earth be blessed and in this story in Genesis chapter 24 God's providence in fulfillment of that plan and that purpose has already prepared every step of the way that leads to Rebecca but to me The real hero of the story, and the real reason why this romantic tale is so significant, is Rebecca herself. In these days of gender equality and appreciation of the feminist perspective, we are often accused of very patriarchal approaches in our theology and our biblical studies. And that, of course, could be argued with some considerable justification. Yet here we are, right in the middle of the story of the patriarchs, and we find the story of Rebecca, And she's presented to us as a most remarkable woman, not just of character, but above all of faith. And I believe it is no accident that this story appears in Genesis exactly where it does. It is no accident that this chapter 24 is in fact the longest single chapter in the whole book of Genesis. It is no accident that this story runs to a full 67 verses. It is because there is something deeply significant going on here.
1: This is not a story
4: to be written off or explained away or glossed over. And I believe that the most important of those 67 verses of Genesis chapter 24, line verses 57 and 58. Then her family said, Let's call the girl and ask her about this matter. So they called Rebecca and asked her, Will you go with this man, the servant of Abraham? I will go, she said. I will go, she said. This is no mere formality. It is not simply the girl giving her assent to what others have decided for her. For from the very outset of his mission, the servant of Abraham has been concerned that whoever this girl turns out to be, that the girl should be willing to go. When he discusses the matter further with her family, he is again concerned to emphasize the importance of her willingness to come back with him. I believe in this longest chapter in Genesis, in its 67 verses, it is these three little words which I believe of the very greatest import. The words, I will go, she said. I will go. This is nothing less than a great declaration of faith. And in this declaration of faith, Rebecca is no less remarkable than her father-in-law, Abraham. We remember that in Genesis chapter 12 the Lord says to Abraham leave your country, leave your people, leave your father's household and go to the land I will show you. And Abraham left as the Lord had told him. And when Rebecca faces exactly the same call of God upon her life she responds with the same degree of faith, with the same readiness and willingness. I will go. And she and her maids got ready, they mounted their camels, and went back on that long journey with Abraham's servant to her new life. And this ready response of faith by her was to have the profoundest of consequences for her, for the people of God, and indeed for all humanity. For as a consequence of her decision, her declaration of faith, she was to become that mother of thousands upon thousands, that line of descent which led to Jesus Christ. So she's every bit as significant, every bit as important as the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob themselves. She becomes an integral part of the story of God's people and plays her part in the fulfilment of the covenant. And it is this response of faith this ready response before the grace of God, this willing response to the call of God upon our lives, which is at the heart of every Christian story, at the heart of the story of every Christian. We see it time and time again in Scripture, and each time it has the profoundest of consequences. The prophet Samuel, we are told. The Lord came and stood there calling, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel, And then samuel said speak lord for your servant is listening or the prophet isaiah that wonderful passage where he sees the presence of god in the temple then i heard the voice of the lord saying whom shall i send and who will go for us and i said here am i send me or mary the mother of jesus when told that she would bear a son I am the Lord's servant. Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, Mary answered, let it be to me according to your word. Or the disciples of Jesus, come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. And at once they left their nets and followed him. It all reminds us that when God calls us, it is our willingness to go with him, to follow him, to serve him, which is the very foundation of a life of faith. It has been said, we make our decisions in life, but truly it is our decisions in life that make us. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, you said to your disciples, come, follow me. Help us to respond as willingly and joyously to your call. Help us to commit ourselves to you as Saviour and as King, to give our lives to you, to your leading, and to serve you faithfully all our days, in the fellowship of your church and your people, for the glory of your holy name. Amen.
0: Nigel, thank you very much. And we're going to continue now as we praise God together in the words of our next song, I Will Offer Up My Life. Let's sing together.
1: I will offer up my life In spirit and truth to you In surrender I must give my every part Lord receive the sacrifice of a broken heart Jesus what can I give what can I bring to so faithful a friend to so loving a king Savior, what can be said and what can be sung as a praise of your name for the things you have done? Oh, my words could not tell, not even in part of the debt of love that is owed by this thankful heart. My every breath For you've paid the great cost Giving up your life to death Even death on a cross You took all my shame away There defeated my sin Opened up the gates of hell And death beckoned me in Jesus, what can I give? What can I bring to so faithful a friend, to so loving a king? Savior, what can be said? What can be sung as a praise of your name for the things you have done? Oh, my words could not tell. The death of love that is over
0: We're going to turn now to pray, and we're going to begin by using the words on page 113 of the prayer books. Let's join in praying together. Show us your mercy, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. O Lord, guide and defend our rulers, and grant our government wisdom. Let your ministers be clothed with righteousness, and let your servants shout for joy. O Lord, save your people and bless those whom you have chosen. Give peace in our time, O Lord, and let your glory be over all the earth. O God, may clean our hearts within us and renew us by your Holy Spirit. And let's pray the Church of Ireland's prayer for this Sunday. O God, the protector of all who trust in you, without whom nothing is strong, nothing is holy increase and multiply upon us your mercy, that with you as our ruler and guide we may so pass through things temporal that we finally lose not the things eternal. Grant this, heavenly Father, for Jesus Christ's sake, our Lord. Amen. We're going to continue in prayer and we're going to go over to Common, where his auntie is going to continue and lead us in prayer.
5: Let us all pray the Lord's Prayer together. Amen. Dear Lord, as we come to you today in prayer and thanksgiving and living through extraordinary times, we are afraid and uncertain of what the future holds, and we pray for ourselves and others with continued hope and expectation and to ask your blessing on us all. We pray for the world, a world confronted by so many problems, people faced with such tragedy and grief, illness and death, ever-present. Violence, war, strife and unrest. We pray for all who are living through the pandemic, as it rages and all other health crises. Especially in Western Yemen, parts of Africa and South America. We thank you for the selflessness of so many, for those in the health and social services who continue to give of themselves day after day, in devotion to the sick and vulnerable, the lonely and isolated. The doctors, nurses, all frontline workers, volunteers and carers, and those we don't often remember, cleaners, bus drivers, delivery services. We thank you for the scientific community working tirelessly to find vaccines and antidotes. The need for leadership of vision, faith and hope has never been greater. Help us all to contribute in trying to create a kinder, more compassionate world, with more justice and peace. In unity, there is strength. In collaboration, there is hope of harmony. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As Ireland's new government begins its work, we pray for our country, for its peoples, and those we love our families and friends and communities, those we long to meet and hug again, many scattered around the world. Bring us together and help us to grow and live generously with one another. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Help us to grow too with the regeneration of our environment we have seen in the world around us nature's response. May we recognize our unique place in nature and take responsibility and be part of its recovery. Give us the grace to recognize your love and beauty that surrounds us every day. Dear Lord, for the, we pray for the health and welfare of all who contribute to live through this time. Help us to reach out and not be afraid, to be brave and hopeful, your guiding light before us, your presence ever with us, leading us on and comforting us on our journey. As we begin to open our eyes to a changing world, blinking in the light Be with us all, young and old, rich and poor, whoever we are, whatever we are, wherever we go. May you be the beacon that guides us onward. May we, in moments of prayer and in the silence of our hearts, listen for that still small voice of reassurance and love. Lo, I am with you always. For you are the helper of the helpless, the saviour of the lost, the refuge of the wanderer, the healer of the sick. Give to us all the gift of your eternal love. Through Jesus Christ our Lord,
0: amen. Amen. We're going to stand and sing our final hymn this morning. And this hymn is a wonderful reminder that if we belong to Jesus, we have great confidence to draw near to God. The final lines, bold I approach the eternal throne and claim the crown through Christ my own. Let's rejoice in that as we sing together now. We come to the end of our time online together. It's been so great having you with us. It's been a real joy. As we close, let us say the words of the grace together and then I'll pray a final prayer. Why not as we say the grace, if you're with others in your household, why not look at them as we say this together? Let's join together. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Let me pray a final prayer. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Our loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for your steadfast love shown at the cross of Christ. We thank you that it never comes to an end. We thank you that every morning we rise If we are in Christ, your mercies are fresh towards us. We pray that as we go away from here, we will go away delighting in your steadfast love, rejoicing afresh each morning in your new morning mercies. great is your faithfulness, and we praise you for it. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Pray that you have an encouraging rest of the day, whatever you're doing it been lovely to have you with us.